Hi, you're listening to Chris and Shaz in the Mother of All Roles podcast, talking real uh, two real mums talking about real issues in an attempt to make the ordinary extraordinary. Okay, Shaz, it's that time again. Last month we spoke about being true to yourself and why it's important to do it no matter what. And today's topic is clutter clearing, hearth and soul. So before you get out your feather dusters, does anyone even use those anymore? What about get out your Roombas? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for that, Shaz. But let's remind our listeners who we are. I'll kick it off by introducing you, Shaz. So Sharon Halliday is an author, columnist, Reiki practitioner, angel intuitive, copywriter, speaker and mother to Leo 9 and Eva 6. Sharon's passion is to help other parents create something that resembles a work-life balance. Sharon's book, Messages from the Heart, 39 Answers to Your Life Questions, is based on her advice column, Ask Sharon, and answers questions about health and well-being, relationships, money, work, and happiness. We've decided that each month we'll include a new point into our introductions that month, uh, and this month that, uh, that what we are going to discover about Sharon is that she actually wrote about clutter in Messages from the Heart when she was battling insomnia. And she made this connection between sleep and clutter. The chapter was titled Declutter for Superior Sleep and provides some really useful tips. My favourite is questions about your own level of materialism may surface. And this can be as much an emotional experience as it is a physical one. And this certainly, uh, well, this one is certainly the case for me when I declutter. Thanks, Chris. Uh, Yeah, I found it amazing how the chapters that I was writing was actually helping me work through my own issues at the time. And I get the sense that the same thing is happening again with this podcast. So moving on to my co-host, Chris Evans, who is a wife and mum to two gorgeous girls, Anna Seven and Kate Four. In 2015, Chris founded Mommy Jobs Australia, who coaches and mentors mums in gaining career confidence and advancement. Chris runs an incredible Facebook support group for mums and partners with employers Australia-wide who want to be actively part of the changing landscape and culture for women in the workplace. Now, what many of you won't know about Chris is that through her mentoring, she takes an approach that helps mums to declutter their career and the negative aspects that they've held on to. So by using a simple exercise, she empowers them to let go of the past experiences that are holding them back and teaches them how to own their strengths. Really incredible. Yeah, it really is a powerful process, that one. Um, So when I listened to our last episode, I realised just how much we actually managed to cram into it. Um, And I think our listeners will get some really good advice out of that one. And being true to yourself is a topic that's so important to people, but maybe something we don't talk about enough. So let's hope that starts the conversation. That would certainly be great. And um, yeah, kudos to you and how you're teaching women um, and mums in particular to declutter their careers. Yeah, look, it's a critical space. Um, So, you know, actually some people commented to me personally that they definitely felt the depth of what we were saying, that they were right there with us. Um, And Shaz, I realised that by the end of it, I, I was actually taken back a bit. I noticed I had quite a few pauses at the end and I didn't have a chance to comment because we had to wrap it up, of course. But I was so touched by your story about losing those friends of yours to cancer and how it made you start to value the preciousness of time 
And I didn't realize uh, just how much it really affected me until I listened back. And it's like you had thrown me a curveball because I had no idea where you were going there. And I just want to say on behalf of all our listeners, thank you um, so much for sharing because you could hear it in your voice how hard that was for you to speak about. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, it's not the easiest of subjects to talk about, um, as you acknowledge. And, you know, when your friends die at such a young age, especially when they're the same age as you, it really um, has quite an impact. In the episode, you made reference to Stace, who we went to school with, and I actually didn't get to clarify during the episode. Um, But unfortunately, by that stage, Stace had actually died some years earlier and it was two other friends that I'd been referring to. So in actual fact, that's three friends now that I've lost to cancer. Um, and, And look, just while we're on that, I want to give a shout out to Samuel Johnson who took the time to visit my dad at the Pondering Frog in Tasmania the other week while he was there on the Love Your Sister campaign, raising money for cancer research. I met Sam quite a few years ago when he did his first unicycle ride between Sydney and Melbourne, raising funds and awareness for Canteen and, of course, his beloved Connie. And I ran the event which welcomed him into Batemans Bay. So that was where we first connected. And I have to say that Sam is the ultimate gentleman and what he is doing, blazing trails, is nothing short of phenomenal. And I encourage anyone to help him out with whatever you can donate financially. Oh, that is brilliant. It's, it's, it is phenomenal. Uh, you know, we all need to get behind the people who are doing amazing things in our community and making the world a better place. And look, so because we have a bit to get through today, let's just smash out a recap of last month's challenge, which, uh, of course, centred on being true to yourself. Now, we wanted to challenge you to identify what is truly important in life. We ask that you dedicate just five minutes of your time did you do it to jot down what's important to you? Like not anyone else, but you, we emphasize that these were not shoulds. This was not an exercise in capturing what people think is important for us to do. It was wholly and solely on what you most value. So how did you go? How did you fare? What have you identified as your desires for health, wealth, family, career, relationships, and of course, self Well, Chris, this was a particularly challenging one for me, not in the sense of the activity itself. It's something I'd been wanting to do for a while, but just finding the five minutes of quiet solitude to do that exercise, which is so crazy, right? So I used that um, and chose that as a place to start. It allowed me to get clear on how much I no longer want to be working on the things that didn't make my heart sing. I also had to get real about saying no to jobs just because I felt like I needed to contribute to the household, which I'm sure is a big one that mums can contribute, can relate to out there. Um, This was a chance for me to get clarity on what I really want out of my life in terms of career. So that's what I was focusing on. And the moment I did that, it was like doors flew open and I knew exactly what I needed to do. I even handed in a resignation on one of my jobs because it didn't align with my schedule and I have, I guess, identified that there are other things I need to focus on now. It was a challenging decision because the people I was working for are salt-of-the-earth people and they welcomed me in like a member of their family but at the same time they also respected that I have a very full life and a young family. Wow. 
I mean, as someone who deals with mums in the career space every day, I totally hear you and can see this was a move you had to take. Uh, you know, all of us have to, at some point, identify what is truly important. I'll share one thing that came up for me, actually, um, which is more of a self-focus. There were a few key things that I realised I needed to do more of, just more tiny things, which I guess were big things to me, like putting on makeup each day, getting my nails, doing my nails, uh, getting a skincare routine going and getting back into having my cold showers each morning. So in essence, starting up the routines which are critical to the outcome of our whole life uh, and it has made a difference. So uh, I don't mean to push you on this one, Chris, but ex explain why the makeup thing's a big deal to you. I mean, I'd argue that most people want to go without makeup and you're wanting to put it on. Yeah, well, it comes down to the fact that I really haven't ever been a huge makeup person. Uh, I played a lot of sport in my life, kind of just never really needed felt the need to put it on. Um, however, since building the biz and being out there a lot more, I wanted to present better, but I also wanted to start just start doing it again. I realised it just felt nice to dress up a bit because working from home, of course, I usually fall into the trap of active wear and the hair up look, uh, which I have now. <laughs> uh, whereas now I am, you know, actually uh, getting dressed for work at home, each, each their own, of course, but, you know, it makes me feel great. It's interesting you bring that up because I had it um, really considered just doing uh, the podcast this morning in my pyjamas and I remembered that um, we'd been talking about some of this stuff and I thought, hang on, no, I'm going to get showered and put my makeup on. And, uh, but that's awesome, Chris. You know, it's a really great message in itself in terms of how it's got to come back to how you feel. Um, I think that's going to be something that, that we talk a bit about today. So let's dive into this month's topic. And I have to admit, it's something that I feel like I've been battling with for close to two decades. Whoa, that long, really? I mean, I battle with it, battle with it, um, you know, weekly. But maybe that adds up to two decades. <laughs> well, you know, I, that's that. In my opinion, that's how long I feel like I've been um, dealing with clutter in some form or another. We'd probably be surprised at how much clutter. Uh, in different forms really does consume our lives like especially in this day and age um, where we've become that sort of consumerist society so mm. now while I'm not a hoarder and and look you can attest to this Chris that if you come mm -hmm. to my home on the surface it's tidy and neat and it's definitely a sense of order but it's personally how I feel when I look in the cupboards and I just see too much stuff you know toys linen clothes books you know, I have no doubt that many others will relate to exactly what we're talking about here. <laughs> I, I think I'm the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we've called um, the episode today Clutter Clearing Hearth and Soul. It's a little play on words for those of you playing at home because mm. traditionally your hearth was a reference to the floor of the fireplace, but it's associated with one's home because the hearth or the fire was the main source of heat in the home. It's where the cooking was done. Um, I first heard this phrase in, I think it was Bridge to Terabithia, year eight. Oh. And I'm pretty sure it was in Wuthering Heights like a thousand times. So English and literature lessons aside, we are talking about clearing the clutter in your home and how that can have an impact on you in ways that it can, can affect you at a soul level. Okay, Shaz. Thanks for clarifying the topic for us in an intellectual yet weird way. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was never a fan of my literature in, uh, in school. Uh, <laughs> but hey, you know, look, that's part of why we love you for your quirks, right? 
Just being true to myself, Chris. Just being true to myself. <laughs> <laughs> so very funny. But clutter, you know, like what? What exactly is it? I mean, I know, I know, you've probably always got that trusty dictionary handy, Dad's, <laughs> right? Well, I'm just going to shoot straight into it. This is my own um, definition made up of lots of different sources. So my interpretation of clutter is anything that you don't use, need or love. It can also be possessions that don't have an allocated space or home. It can be general untidiness and disorder. Clutter creates a stuck energy and keeps you from moving forward. In other words, clutter generally blocks a lot of good things and experiences from reaching you. Mm, stuck energy that is pretty like that's quite quite a strong one there i mean when i look mm. at decluttering or hear the words a few things come to mind like skip bins Marie Kondo, <laughs> the hoarders show um you know it really does connect a lot to you know the hoarder show connecting to that mental health side of things too goes yeah, a lot definitely. deeper um but really when i think about it, um as a whole decluttering isn't just about getting rid of stuff such as personal effects and it's much more than this. I'd say that decluttering should be happening across a multitude of areas, not just the personal effects. So what do you mean by that exactly across all different areas? Well, I mean, I think that it really links back to, like I was saying with the mental health side of things, our mindset about everything, decluttering things mm -hmm. like finances, data, friendships, toxic relationships, old stories, yeah, well, that friendships and relationships one I can relate to, that's what I call reading, weeding my garden when certain mm. relationships simply don't serve me any longer. Well, what I find is they generally phase out anyway. But these days, because I've studied so much about how negativity can affect your vibration and about the experiences we attract, I now get uh, have become really good at sort of politely excusing myself from conversations that dip too much into that negative. And I, I try to you know, I guess not associate too much around people that are, that have got that negative vibe going. If, if you know what I mean? Oh, so yes, absolutely. Um, you know, you get it Shaz, but with the friendship relationship front, I have to say I've become a bit more brutal, uh, when it comes to relationships and I know now, or I now know that, uh, which, which of those serve me and which ones don't. Uh, I'm very clear about the people I want in my life and the people that don't add any value. Wow, that's big, you know, even mm. to admit that. I, I think more so because people worry what other people will think if they walk away from friendships. Mm -hmm. What I've learned is that, you know, not every friendship or relationship is meant to be there till the end. Um, you know, and I think sometimes that once the lesson is learned, I believe mm. that it's served a purpose or even run its course. You know, and, and then there'll be people that you're friends with for life because you have that connection that you value. Exactly, exactly. And look, for me, it's an energy thing. You know, there are some friendships that suck you dry and never give back, mm. where others, it's a give and take and, yeah. you know, beautiful things that come from it. And I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I've done a lot of growing in my past 20 years and also with my personal development journey the past four or so. Um, and I was probably at, at some point, uh, that life sucking person, I'm sure. But the point is it's about choosing where your energy goes and what serves you. Uh, and when you talk about people who come and go in the past year, I've actually made three friendships who I know will be there for, for life with me. So decluttering friendships, relationships, it's not a numbers game. 
um, it's about a values energy game. And just adding on that, like, I've got some very, very long-term deep friendships, um, you know, and I've got like a best friend of mine in the States. We don't talk for maybe six months or so, but she's that person I can pick that phone up and I know she'll be there. She's got my back and she knows, she knows too. So you've got those friendships um, as well, which will always be, um, you know, true at, at, at the core of them. Yeah, that's really important to identify. And I find it really interesting that we've kicked off a segment about decluttering by talking about people instead of possessions. But look, as you identify, it is about energy and how we feel. Now, speaking of energy, I've noticed how this year in particular, you have been on the Marie Kondo train of decluttering. Um, yeah. So some of our listeners may have uh, even seen your Insta post. Uh, I love the <laughs> linen covered, by the way, with your pillowcases standing up so you can <laughs> see them all. Uh, by the way, I don't think you have too much linen either. Well, the funny thing is I actually really enjoyed doing that. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it? Like clutter can be a relative thing and it comes down to, I guess, what we're prepared to live with. For me personally, I struggle knowing that there are people out there living under bridges with nothing in this country, mind you. Mm. And I have 18 pillowcases of every color of the rainbow, you know? <laughs> I hear you, buddy. I mean, that certainly does put things into perspective, you know, when we look at the piles of stuff we own. Um, yeah. Yeah. Look, even while I was um, sort of preparing for this podcast this week, getting my head around it, um, I had this little synchronicity moment or a few actually. Phil Collins' song, Another Day in Paradise, just kept <laughs> shuffling onto my iPod during the week. And it was like, oh, it's this, there's this serious message there. <laughs> underlying all of this I guess you know and um, I'm sure I've heard before you know the late Dr Wayne Dyer referred to this idea um, I think there's a quote kicks around somewhere about not being able to fit a wardrobe on a hearse mm. and then you know a couple of years back I noticed there was this American country singer Christian Bush he released a song called Trailer Hitch which was all about how we want money and possessions but when we die we can't take those things with us. Yeah well so true and we don't sort of talk about that enough or like mm. we're not exposed to those words enough. We might hear them once or twice and go, Oh yeah, that's, that's a, that's a really good point. But then we continue with life, you know, because it, it, it does actually remind me of a quote. Um, I'm not sure who said it though, but we come with nothing. We go with nothing. It's so powerful. Isn't it? Like, you know, I guess what we need to do is to help our listeners figure out how to remember these sentiments as they go about their decluttering because one day all the stuff won't mean anything anyway. Yeah. So let's look at, I mean, let's look at some of the ways we can help people uh, clear the clutter in their homes or hearth, as you remind us, ultimately <laughs> clear the clutter at soul level. Okay. Um, but before we do that, I just want to jump in and say that what I've learned on my decluttering journey so far is that it is really important to not beat yourself up about this. You know, once we get the courage to take on this task, mm. it's so easy to, to start to really notice all of the stuff. And then we can begin to feel those range of emotions and especially guilt. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. You know, uh, the feeling of overwhelm can even stop people in their tracks as they convince themselves, you know, look, it's all too hard. So they stop before they even really get started. Right. So I had to, I had to learn to acknowledge 
that, um, you know, at some point I accumulate, I accumulated based on how I was feeling. And look, maybe I was trying to fill a void. Uh, and when I'd buy something, I'd feel that little bit better. But now years later, the stuff is no longer making me feel any better. So I'm acknowledging it's time for it to go. So please, as you're going about your clutter clearing, be kind to yourself. And yes, you can feel determined to do something about it once and for all. And we say, bravo, this is ultimately what we hope our listeners will get out of today, this inspiration to make positive and lasting life changes. But through this process, acknowledge that the clutter represented who you were at the time. And now you're ready to want something new from your experience which doesn't involve the accumulation of more things. Well, on that note, we'll jump into uh, revisiting Marie Kondo's method, also known as KonMari. Uh, how <laughs> has that helped you? Um, it's a big movement, I know. Um, uh, let's see. I mean, you know, if we can, can't crack this, you know, clutter, uh, clutter code. Yeah, it does feel like that sometimes, doesn't it? This mm. trying to figure out what's the best, me best method. Um, you know, most approaches to clutter clearing focus on reducing the amount of possessions, right? So, you know, this can be a really pragmatic approach. But what I like about Marie Kondo's focus is that she focuses in on items that bring you joy or to use her very eloquent phrase, spark joy. Mm. So psychologically that's very powerful because if anyone has seen, you know, that Netflix, the Netflix series on her, um, she asks us to pick up our possessions one at a time and ask ourselves, does this spark joy? Now what it does, it makes a very clear distinction between those possessions that you have simply in excess and those that you truly love and make you feel good. And remember, this is starting to become a bit of our thing today, feeling good. It's about getting in touch with what makes you feel good. So that means that what you're left with or what's left over, you can let go of. It's, it's really got to be that simple. Um, mm. And now we understand that, you know, decluttering has a way of bringing to the surface a lot of emotions though. So, you know, while it's simple on one hand, it can be complex on that side of emotions on the other hand. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, this is an area that's always baffled me, uh, why we have such a hard time with clutter, really. It's, it's been one of those sticking points. Yeah, and look, I hear you. I, I've sort of tried to dissect di, uh, it over the years and, um, you know, I have a few theories on that. But it, in my experience, it comes down to these reasons. I'm sure there's others, but here are some big ones for me anyway. Um, number one, we use our possessions to define us and our memories. So that's why we hang on to that concert stub from the Gunners concert of 92 <laughs> because we're afraid to let go of the possession because we think we'll lose the memory um you know mm. we we get attached to what it costs us financially so that's number two um but we don't realize what it costs us personally yeah that's a big one for me yeah yeah and you won't be the only one chris so you know that's why we cling to these items of clothing that cost maybe a hundred dollars it's been worn a few times it doesn't fit us anymore but we just can't bear to think that we've wasted our hard-earned money and now we're going to like pass it on even if we are going to pass it on a charity it's really hard to let go of isn't it and as i said we don't count the mental and physical cost of keeping that plus mm. all the other items that fit into that same category you know that financial attachment um 
And finally, I think, and this is, this is the one that many of us struggle with daily, clutter is about procrastination. You know, um, I've, I've looked at this international expert on profits and productivity, Barbara Hemphill, and one of her best quotes is, as she says it best, clutter is nothing more than postponed decisions. Mm. So let's think about that for a moment. Clutter really represents indecision. Because if the object had a home, it would be there in its home. You know, it's not going to be just lying around clogging up surfaces. And, and I think that's really powerful because what you start to see is where the system is broken or maybe even non-existent. It's like if the kids don't know what's expected of them with their bags after school, how can we possibly enforce tidiness in that area if we haven't stipulated what, what are our expectations? Mm. Yeah, it's, um, you know, Shaz, that's something that we're both big on, um, but you're, you're big on. Uh, but you, my friend, have taken it to an art form, um, <laughs> I believe. Uh, would you care to perhaps elaborate on that laminated poster in the entrance to your house? This is the one you saw on your way in this week yeah. when you visited me? at the yeah. Entr- yeah, okay. So, look, I remember the day distinctly when I took my flash drive to the local office choice to get this poster printed and laminated. And the lady who served me, had a, she was also a mum, um, and she goes, do you mind if I have take a copy mm. so this very valuable poster took me like 15 minutes to whip up and i'm happy to send anyone a copy if they're interested just um let me know but basically you have a few key areas that you want the kids to pay attention to when they come home from school so for example i found myself this generic image of a lunchbox so that the kids know to take their empty containers out put their cold bricks away put the lunch boxes on the shelf in the same spot every day so that I can then make their lunches the next morning and I'm not running around looking for them. Then there's a picture of a school note, which they know that's their trigger to take out. There's any school forms and they put them in a designated space for me on the counter. And as soon as I've signed it and dealt with it, it goes back in the bag. So they know to, you know, deal with it at school. Then there's a picture of a school jumper. So any clothing that's in there that has to come out, they get that out, put it where it belongs or in the um, laundry drawer, not on the floor. Um, And look, there's a few other specific things I won't go into, but every afternoon without fail after school, my kids do these tasks without complaining. They just now know that this is part of their routine. They know that it also makes my life a lot easier. So they're happy to, I guess, take ownership and participate. But we've made it part of their chores money. So they have to do the whole process as well as a few other things to get the full amount of their chores, you know, every Sunday. Wow, Shaz, that is gold. I mean, no wonder that mum wanted a coffee. <laughs> I want a coffee. You better send it to me. <laughs> I will. I promise. You know, like it's, it, it all comes down to putting systems and routines in place to deal mm. with items so that you don't have those postponed decisions. Um, some things like the kids routines, you know, in that area I'm nailing and there's other things like dealing with paperwork in my office. Not so much, but I'm working on it. As you know, I'm always working on stuff. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I, I I know when like a house is really messy, clothes everywhere, nothing put away. It's been a busy week, and we haven't just got just some things, and I'm tripping over toys. Frustration actually sets in, and you know, I lose focus on the important things. And what I mean is, like, I I lose clarity. Like, what's the next mm. thing I need to be doing, or what was I thinking about, or, or what's on next uh, for the week? So, what I do is actually set a timer for half an hour. 
and I smash it out. The kids help tidy. I just say, we're going to smash this out half now. Let's go. I'll put music on. And, you know, life nice. then becomes much more manageable um, again. And the first thing I actually do in that process is grab a plastic bag and go through and clean up anything that needs to go into the rubbish because my kids are crafty. Oh, They're crafty that's kids. That's a good one. There's paper everywhere all the time. And I let it happen because it's a part of their creativity. But, sure. um, you know, there are times I'm just like, oh, we've got to get rid of this stuff now. So I just go through a quick sweep and, uh, you know, the half hour. It's like a quick purge. Um, that's a great technique, Chris. You know, anyone can use that. Um, just like you said, set the timer, um, make it happen. Uh, yeah. That's great. I mean, look, I've done a lot of different declutter challenges. I even watched, you know, the, the Netflix Marie Kondo like you. But the problem I still have is is the toys. And we just mm -hmm. have so many. And I, I know we don't need all of them, but some have a sentimentality to them and it's hard. And I mean, I know if they were gone tomorrow, they wouldn't be missed. I mean, our two Collie Cross Kelpie uh, teenage puppies have sent <laughs> a number of toys to heaven, to toy heaven. Um, and, and there was no cho choice in that. Uh, so, you know, what's the challenge for our listeners this month, uh, you know, on, for, for us with, the, with our clutter, clutter topic? Okay, so the challenge this month is to pick one of our clutter solutions and put it into practice and see how much of a difference it makes to your life. Now, each of these solutions relates to a different area, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, social and financial. I've called it Chris and Clutter's Shaz, sorry, Chris and Shaz's Clutter Tips, <laughs> do the six for your clutter fix. Yeah, not <laughs> Not corny at all, Shaz, but like our triple Ds, we come, to, you know, like to come up with these uh, practices that people will actually uh, remember to do. Uh, and so, you know, that's a really, that's, that's, that's kind of why we go, go on that tangent, I guess. Well, yeah, if they don't remember it, they're not going to do it. So it's all just pointless, isn't it? And we really want um, our listeners um, to, to get something out of our, uh, something tangible, I guess, out of our podcast to be able to go away and actually put something into practice and make their life better. That's really what it's all about. So let's start with the obvious, physical clutter. 10 minutes a day is all you'll need to, to get going on this. But if you don't factor it into your daily schedule, it just won't get done. And I think many of us have in the back of our minds that one day we will suddenly have five hours on a weekend to declutter and that rarely happen, happens. So you stay stuck. So remember to be disciplined because small steps equals big rewards, mm -hmm. right? Now, that moving on to the mental do you need to clear the clutter mentally? Are your thoughts mostly positive and optimistic or are they filled with dread, complaining and mindless chatter? Who can relate to that? Mm. So start with five minutes a day to quiet the mind. Observe your thoughts without judgment. You know, this is just to get you started on having a bit more self-awareness. Maybe you'll be surprised about how much your thoughts are really slipping into the negative. So that's a big one. Um, Emotional, um, you know, what do you think about emotional stuff, Chris? Like what could be, you know, in terms of our clutter fixes, how would you tackle emotional clutter? Well, I mean, we've said it before, the, the stories we tell ourselves become our beliefs, um, you know, and, and our guide, got our actions basically. So, so really it's like how can you tell or start to tell a better story or a different story? You know, yep. cultivate awareness in where your past conditioning and the stories were told 
uh, to you that dictate your life. And, you know, every mm. time you catch yourself repeating an old story or an old situation, think about how you can radically change it to become a new story. Okay, that's good. That's also another like self-awareness moment, isn't it? To, um, you know, to notice that we don't actually, we ha- don't have to keep perpetuating the same old yeah. thoughts and stories and emotions. That's great. Yeah, we can change um, it. Just, we, it's just about detaching yourself from what happened previously and writing a new script. Love it. And, you know, I suppose you would probably be the first to admit it just takes a little bit of practice. You know, you got to, you can't do it once and just hope that it's, all repetition is the cure-all. Repetition. Okay. Thank <laughs> you. So moving on to the spiritual uh, clutter fix, you know, thinking about some of these concepts we've raised today about the physical stuff, how about you take a new approach by thinking less is more and think about experience over excess. Be about the moments, not the mountains of stuff. I think this is a big one that I'm trying to teach my kids about, um, you know, rather than using your chores money, although it's their own um, decision, like I'm trying to encourage them, don't use it to buy more things. Let's Mm. go out um, to the Botanic Gardens and have a milkshake and use your money there or, you know, like have it for experiences and creating memories. I'm trying to get them to understand that, but, you know, that's Mm. a work in progress moment um look social we've already talked about this one weeding your garden choose to associate yourself with upbeat people who boost your energy not zap it now i just want to make a point here this is not something that we have to physically go and tell another person Mm. hey i'm not Mm. going to be your friend anymore because you zap Mm. my energy that's not what this is about you just it's just an internal um, process that you go through. Um, it might be just not yeah. picking up that call. You know that somebody's calling yes. you and you know it's going to be a half-hour conversation and it's going to zap your energy and you really don't need yep. it. Make a decision yep. not to pick the call up. Call Phase them back it out. When, yeah, and maybe call them back when you've got that that, that space for them, um, you know. and sure. And set, uh, probably if I can add in there, maybe set better boundaries, you know, for yourself yeah. as well. So it's about, I have a bracelet, if I can just drop it in here quickly, but it says protect your energy. Um, And that just reminds me to protect my energy each day because as mums, we we can really give a lot of our energy out, but not keep a lot of it for ourselves. Hmm. That's a big one. So, and moving on to financial, like who doesn't want more money to be able to do the things we want to have more Mm. financial freedom. So in my experience, this is one of the quickest and easiest ways to have an immediate and positive impact on your finances. It works for me every time. Now, if you take the Baguia, this is a diagram used in Feng Shui and you stand at your front door, the back left corner is your financial and wealth area. So I would encourage you to start, if you're going to declutter, start there. Um, If you want to play full out, get yourself a citrine crystal because that represents, you know, prosperity and abundance and place it in that corner. You know, you can be, um, you can just get a tumbled stone of citrine for a couple of dollars at your local, you know, healing or health shop. So, um, you know, I I encourage that one big time. And you can also look within each room, the back left corner of each room. It'll also work there. But look at your house, stand at your front door, back left corner, even look at the back left corner of your yard, like get it cleaned up. Um, Beautiful. You'll be surprised at how much it'll help. Well, I mean, we're sure you'll find that once you make a start and you'll begin to feel good, guys, and, you know, there's that theme again you will want to keep going with it. So pick one, just pick one and start yep. somewhere. It could be a drawer, cupboard, corner, whatever it might be. 
Yep. So really look at those areas of your life that you can declutter. It might be your home. It might be your friendships. It might even be your thoughts. Mindset. Booyah. There it is again. You know, uh, we always come back to mindset, but whatever it is, we know it will help you on a soul level. So today we haven't just looked at clutter clearing from purely physical standpoint, but we've tried to get across the point about how clutter makes you feel. Our tips have looked at how clutter clearing can have positive impacts on creating more clarity and abundance in our lives. You know, and if you grab a copy of my book, you can even sleep better because of decluttering. <laughs> yes, and that too. Uh, I truly think decluttering is about letting go in essence of whatever it is, be toys, friendships, you know, control, excess, a job, that pair of shoes even. You know, and while we've talked a lot about letting go, we also want our listeners to know that you can still surround yourself with beautiful things because they're an extension of beautiful you. That's a nice way of putting it, Shaz. Yeah. And so, look, as we wrap up, while you're decluttering, thinking about the impact, uh, I, w- I want you to really think about uh, the imp- what the impact is going to be for you. And I think this quote by Richard Carlson sums it up perfectly. Ask yourself this question, will this matter a year from now? Oh, Chris, I know that is going to help me clear my clutter. It, it, it so ties into how I try to focus in on the vision that I have for my life and to see which objects are going to fit into that future. So I'm going to keep asking that, will this matter a year from now? You can apply that to everything, hey. Mm. Um, look, I know we've got to wrap up. There's so many other things I wanted to discuss when it came to clutter, like all the people I follow, you know, Peter Walsh, Karen Kingston, Denise Lynn, Oh, but alas, we're nearly out of time. <laughs> I had no idea you would get so worked up over a topic like this, Shaz. Don't you know you're talking to someone who thinks her idea of a good time is being let loose in Howard's storage world? <laughs> True story. Oh, my gosh, Shaz, we need to get you out more. <laughs> so, on that note, uh, look, we'll sign off and, uh, uh, you know, say till next time. Uh, you've been listening to Chris and Shaz in the Mother of All Roles podcast two real mums talking about real issues in an attempt to make the ordinary extraordinary. Don't forget to like, love, share and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And of course, please share with us your clutter clearing tips. Uh, Catch you next time, guys. See you guys. Thank you.